بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله الذي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين الحمد لله we are able to have our third session on تفسير سورة لقمان especially I'm very happy that we have this session the day of Eid, the Eid of Sacrifice, Eid al-Abha. This is the day which is very important because first of all millions of devoted Muslims go from all over the world to respond to the call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for pilgrimage to Mecca. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Ibrahim to tell people to go and perform Hajj. وَأَذَّنْ بِالنَّاسِ فِي الْحَجِّ يَأْتُوكَ رَجَالًا وَعَلَى كُلِّ ضَامِرًا Ibrahim was asked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to invite people to go to Mecca. Mecca is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also house of people. The very first house which has been built for mankind is the house in Mecca. So house of Allah is the house for people because whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has is not to benefit him, is not to give him something. Whatever belongs to Allah then becomes useful and beneficial for his people. It's like the father of a family if the father has a house, this house is used by everyone. Of course, Allah's example is much greater because Allah even doesn't need like the father who himself needs a house. But just to make it more understandable, we can say in the same way that when father has something, all the children also possess it, the wife possess or for example your friends can benefit from your house the neighbors can benefit sometimes if they have you know functions they come to your house depending how close you are Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I repeat his example is far greater than anything we can imagine is like a father of family whatever he has he makes it available to us his house is for us his book is for us his prophet is for us everything that he does is for the sake of us or for the sake of rest of his creation but in the first place for humanity as he himself says so the very first house which has been built for mankind is 
the house in Mecca, which is Kaaba. And Kaaba is where people should feel very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Although Allah has no physical place, but to be able to understand how close He is to us, you can imagine you are sitting or standing next by to His door. Of course, Allah is even closer than that. Because if you say I'm sitting or standing next to His door, it means that still there is a distance. Which is not the case so it's even closer than this but at least think like this that he is just there you are standing by his door and you can ask him what you want so every year hundreds of thousands if not millions of people go and perform Hajj to respond to the call of Ibrahim, which was indeed a call from his Lord. And when we go and say, Labbaik, Allahumma Labbaik, Labbaik la sharika laka Labbaik, Inna alhamda wa ni'mata laka wal mulk, la sharika laka Labbaik, we say, here I am. We want to say to Allah that I have listened and responded to your call. I am at your service. Of course, this must become the general attitude of a Muslim throughout his life to every call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is not an exception. So, now we are happy as a nation, as a community, that our brothers and sisters from all over the world have been able to go and perform their hajj. And today, in the peak of the performance of Hajj, the day of Eid, they have been able to throw stones at their statue, which represents Satan. They have been able to give what they love, whether it be their beauty by shaving or cutting their hair or by doing sacrifice which to, is to give some money for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they have shown that they have a good level of servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of course Still, Hajj is not completed. They have few days and nights with more challenges in front. And indeed, the challenges that we face in our life never end. We have to go again and again to perform these rituals so that we remember the point and the philosophy behind them. And that is to be a follower of Ibrahim, the person who submitted himself to God, not only in few days of Hajj. To be a follower of Ibrahim all our life. 
We have to be haji all our life. We have to be ready to sacrifice all our life. Alhamdulillah that our brothers and sisters have been able to go there and inshallah Allah will help them to finish their hajj in the way which is most pleasing to him and then inshallah have safe return to their home. But not only that, we have many people in our community worldwide who have prayed hard to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yesterday on the day of Arafah the day in which Allah's mercy is very very close and near to us of course his mercy is always close his mercy is always very close to the people who do good but there are occasions in which his mercy just showers and one of those golden opportunities throughout the year is the day of Arafah for those who are there in the plain of Arafah which is the plain of Arafat which is the combination of the best time and location day of Arafah in the day of in this plain of Arafat those who are in Karbala, those who are in holy sites, and everyone in the world can benefit from the day of Arafah. The night of Eid, between day of Arafah and day of Eid, is a blessed night. And Alhamdulillah, the community worldwide have really appreciated from the occasion of day of Arafah, the night the day of Eid. I'm not saying that everyone has appreciated. I myself have not appreciated enough. But I'm saying that as a community, Alhamdulillah, the Muslim community, the followers of Ahlul Bayt in particular, have tried to benefit and appreciate from this by reciting du'as, in particular the du'a of Imam Hussein salam on the day of Arafah and the rest of A'mal and especially today Salatul Eid. So inshallah, the community and humanity all together is blessed. The other thing which is very important is that the first 10 nights of the month of the Hajjah are very special. And some exegetes of the Quran, they say that Wal-Fajr, wal Ashr may refer to these 10 nights. Allah swears by Fajr, which is down, and then 10 nights, they say these 10 nights, maybe the 10 nights of the first period of the Hajjah, ending with Eid. And also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that there was an appointment for Moses which was for 30 nights وَوَعَدْنَا مُوسَى ثَلَاثِينَ لَيْلَةِ وَأَتْمَمْنَاهَا بِأَشْتَدْ Allah completed that by another 10 فَتَمَّ مِيقَاتُ رَبِّهِ أَرْبَعِينَ لَيْلَةِ Then it became 40 So Moses needed 40 nights of prayer, contemplation, reflection, meditation, forgiveness so that he would be able to receive the tablets Al-Alwah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it has been suggested that these 10 nights are the 10 nights at the beginning of the Hajjah 
So Musa started in Zil Qa'dah and then in the tents on the tents of the Hajjah it was uh, completed and it started to bear results and fruits. This shows the significance of 40 Arba'in. This shows the, 40, the, the significance of 40, the significance of nights. Allah, instead of saying 30 days and then another 10 days and then became 40 days, He said 30 nights. Another 10 nights and 40 nights. Night is very important. Night is more important than day. Night of Jum'ah. Night of Qadr. Laylatul Qadr. A night of first 10 days of the Hajjah. These nights are very important. And you know there is a Salat which is recommended in every night of the first 10 nights of the Hajjah. Between Maghrib and Isha you can recite. In which we recite this ayah. وَوَعَدْنَا مُوسَى ثَلَاثِينَ لَيْلَةً وَأَتْمَنَّاهَا بِعَشْرِ فَتَمَّ مِيقَاتُ رَبِّي أَرْبَعِينَ لَيْلَةً وَقَالَ مُوسَى لِأَخِيهَ هَارُونَ اخْلُفْنِي فِي قَوْمِي وَأَصْلِحْ وَلَا تَتَّبِعْ سَبِيلَ الْمُفْسِدِينَ هَارُونَ اخْلُفْنِي means he asked his brother Harun to succeed him to be his successor when he went out to look after the community and then he said try to do good and do reforms and do not follow the path of the corrupt people and there is a connection between this and the first 10 nights of Zal-Hajjah and it is said that if you recite this Salat you will share uh, the reward of the people who perform Hajj so now we have just finished these 10 nights so the very important nights and interestingly now we are approaching the end of the lunar calendar the month of the Hajjah is the last month of the lunar calendar and the Eid al-Adha is the last Eid for all Muslims which is based on sacrifice, which is based on worship and it is celebrating that throughout the year you have been following Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of course the followers of Ahlul Bayt have another Eid in front which is Eid al-Qadir on the 18th of Zul-Hajjah so before the year finishes we are going to have another occasion to celebrate at the end of the year a very great blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so we are happy for many reasons today because of our brothers and sisters performing their Hajj because of being able to go through all these blessed days and nights because actually reaching the aid the feast of Abha and like children who expect on the day of Eid gifts from their parents we all expect lots of gifts from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us especially we expect that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah would forgive us would protect us our community and our families and everyone we hope that inshallah soon we'll be able to witness the reappearance of the 12th Imam let us continue with the rest of our tafsir reflections on Surat Luqman 
If you remember, we said that the beginning of Surat Luqman is very close, very similar to the beginning of Surat Baqarah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, A'udhu billahi minash shaitan rajim Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Alif Lam Mim Tilka Ayatul Kitab al Hakim Hudan Warahmatan Lil Muhsinin Aladina Yukimuna Salata wa Yutuna Zakata Bahum Bil Ahiratahum Yukanun Ula Ika Allah Hudam Rabbihim wa Ula Ika Humul Muflahun Allah starts with three letters. Aleph, Lam, and Mim. And we talked about the significance of these letters, which they are called Al Huruf Al Muqatta'ah, the scattered letters, which don't combine to make a word. They remain as three separate letters. And then Allah refers to the verses of the book, which is Hakim, which is firm and wise. And Allah says these book and these verses of this wise book are hudan, guidance, warahmah and mercy للمحسنين for the benefactors, those who do good. In Surah Baqarah we had ذلك الكتاب لا ريب في hudan للمتقين guidance for the pious people who have taqwa. And the rest is also somehow similar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Luqman, the muhsanin are those who have two particular actions as pillars of the performance. Of course, we know that you are required to do other things. But two principal actions are إِقَامَةُ الصَّلَاةِ وَإِيْتَاءُ الزَّكَاةِ أَلَّذِينَ يُقِيمُونَ الصَّلَاةِ refers to إِقَامَةُ الصَّلَاةِ those who establish prayer. وَيُؤْتُونَ الزَّكَاةِ means those who give alms. It means that among all the actions there are two which are very very significant and in a sense you can say these two represent other actions. One is a spiritual connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a horizontal way, sorry, in a vertical way, in the form of salat. One is a spiritual connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a horizontal way and that is in the form of giving alms. So when you give alms, in the first place you are connecting yourself to the people like you. But in reality you are getting connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because even zakat is an act of worship. So, in prayer, you go directly towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In alms, you go through His people towards Him. 
you help mankind, you help your fellow brothers and sisters, your fellow human beings, and then in this way you get connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the previous session we talked about significance of Salat and what does it mean to establish Salat, not just to say Salat. And today, with your blessing, I would love to talk a little bit about Zakat. I already talked <coughs> a little bit about Zakat, but we need to have some more discussion as I promised previously in the previous session. We want to see why these two are so important. These are like twins. Always we have to have them together. And in tens of verses, more than 20 verses of the Quran, they come together. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Bayyana that you are all familiar with that وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينُ حُنَفَاءَ وَيُقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَيُؤْتُوا الزَّكَاةَ وَذَلِكَ دِينُ الْقَيَّمَةِ Allah says they were not asked except to worship Him in pure way to establish the prayer, to give alms and this is the upright religion. Islam without prayer or without alms, without charity, is not the Islam which Allah is pleased with. Is not the upright religion. If I say, I am a Muslim but I only pray. Or I am a Muslim but I only do social work, charity work. I don't pray, I don't fast. None of them is acceptable. The upright religion is the religion in which you practice both. You connect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala both vertically and horizontally. Why so much emphasis on zakat? Is it because there are poor people who are in our need? Is it because the only way to have a prosperous society is when we have help and cooperation among the people? Or it is more. What we can understand from the Quran and Hadith is that indeed it is much more than just helping the poor. Giving alms is a practice which can benefit the giver first and most. Even if we don't have any person who is in our need, no one comes to ask you. And you also don't know any person who is in need. Still you have to look for opportunities to be able to give. In the time of the appearance of Imam Zaman, after he establishes the justice and equity, According to some hadith, then people look everywhere to find some poor people to give them zakat. Because they know that they have to give. Why? Because one of the most difficult 
most severe challenges is to get rid of hubbu dunya or we may say indeed the most fundamental one this is the root as the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam said hubbu dunya ra'su kulli khatiyah the excessive love for dunya is the root and origin for every moral problem every moral mistake everything wrong that we do if someone is selfish if someone is greedy if someone is treating people without respect or unjustly anything that you think sooner or later is directed is oriented towards this love which is excessive for dunya to love dunya in the way that you can benefit from dunya you work for the improvement of your dunya for good reasons that is not a problem but excessive love for dunya in the sense that dunya would possess you and would take you under control that is a problem in the hadith about zuhd we read laysa zuhd allah tamlika shay'an to be zahid which is very difficult to translate into english it's not only asceticism to be able to get rid of hubbu dunya you don't need to say that i don't want to possess anything i don't want to have any property any money any house no laysa zuhdu allah tamlika shay'an this is not required that you don't possess anything what is required is that nothing possesses you if you possess a car that's fine but the car should not possess you If you possess the car you know where to use it how to use it but if you are possessed by car then the car would dictate you what to act what to do you would always be concerned about it there are people who have money but they never use their money because they feel that the money should be kept they have to save money they have to look after their money instead of the money looking after them so one of the greatest source of impurity is hubbu dunya which is considered to be ra'su kulli khati'ah and the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that the reason that hubbu dunya is ra'su kulli khati'ah because the dunya is the least valuable thing in the sight of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the person who has hubbu dunya is making the least the most important let me read for you the text of hadith which is narrated by great allah and majlisi in biharul anwar volume 67 page 309 After saying hubbu dunya ra'su kulli khatiyah the prophet said 
الا ترا کیف احب ما ابغضه الله Don't you see that the person who has this excessive love for dunya loves something that Allah doesn't like. Dunya is good as a means, but not as an ideal, as an end. If dunya had any value in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he would not have made bad people rich and fluent. Fluent. He makes them affluent, he makes them well off. Even the Quran says that if it was not that some mu'mineen would have starved out in, he would have given the people who don't believe in God so much so that they would able the ceiling of their houses from silver. He gives so much to the people who are not in friendship with him because dunya has no value. value. Or even mu'mineen, when you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you have requests and hajat, the chance of getting your worldly hajat is much more than the chance of getting your spiritual hajat. For them you have to work harder, you have to beg more. If you ask money, it will be given more easily than if you ask taqwa, if you ask certainty, if you ask guidance. Because depending on the value of what you ask for, you have to work harder. So the Prophet says, Don't you see how this person who has this excessive love for dunya is showing love and maximum attention to what is not liked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And then the Prophet says, which mistake, which error is worse in crime than this? You give value, maximum value to something that in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to be given the least amount of attention. So, this is a reality, a fact, that a very major obstacle against us is hubbud dunya. How can we reach our goal without getting rid of this obstacle? It's impossible. With having hubbud dunya, we cannot reach our ideals. In the first place, closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Purity and piety. Therefore, the Quran says, You cannot reach goodness, you cannot reach piety without giving what you love. The Quran says, الَّذِي يُؤْتِي مَا لَهُ يَتَزَكَّى وَمَا لِأَحَدٍ عِنْدَهُ مِنْ نِعْمَةٍ تُجْزَى The one who gives not because he wants to reciprocate. No. He gives يَتَزَكَّى because he wants purity. Zakat comes from Zakawa, 
which means purity. It can also mean growth. You give to achieve purity and in this process you grow. Your money grows, but more than your money, your soul and a spirit grow. Or in another place in the Quran, in Surah A'la, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ تَزَكَّى وَذَكَرَ اسْمَ رَبِّهِ فَصَلَّى بَلْ تُؤْثِرُونَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرُ وَأَبْقَى the one who seeks purity by giving zakat and remembers his Lord and says his prayer which is what you have to do on the day of Eid also to give zakat on the day of Eid al-Fitr to remember your Lord and then to say the Salat al-Eid establish and perform the Salatul Eid but this is not only for the people who do this on the Eid al-Fitr it's for the people who do it all the time that is an example that is an instance those who seek purity by giving and remember their Lord and say their prayer these are the people who have achieved falah, qad aflaha, means prosperity, happiness, salvation. But the Quran says, bal al hayat al dunya. But unfortunately, you prefer the worldly life to the hereafter, to the eternal life. While the hereafter is better and more endurable. And this is not only a message for Muslims in the Quran, this is a message for Allah, for all humanity, in different messages that have been communicated to humanity by Ibrahim, by Moses. So, to give is to get rid of attachment to dunya, to get rid of impurity. Of course, in this process, then other people also can benefit. There are needy people, there are poor people. There are goods that must be done for the community. We need schools, we need mosques, we need hospitals, we need books to be published, we need to have seminaries, we need to have many things. But that is secondary. The main beneficiary is the giver. And the second is the one who receives. So, we should pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to be given this great honor of being able to give and as I said in the previous session zakat here is not only zakat in a narrower sense which we study in fiqh 
Zakat means charity. It can be zakat in the narrower sense, which applies to certain items. It can include also khums. It can include zakat al-fitra. It can include any money that you give, even if it is not obligatory. It's the general principle of charity in Islam. For some people who may not find this very easy to give, another attitude is available. Because if you tell them, and I may be included, if you tell me, give and in this way you grow, maybe it's difficult for me. Therefore, we have another alternative attitude. And that is to say to people, okay, you don't need to give completely. But instead of spending on yourself and finishing what you have in dunya, save it for your akhirah. So what you give would be saved for you. But what you don't give would not be saved. If I have millions of dollars and I only use it for my personal usage or I put it in the bank or I buy something and then I die, nothing is saved for me. Either I have consumed or I have left it back. But whatever you give for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be saved for you. You give it as a loan, as a registered loan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his angels registered them. مَنْ ذَلَّذِي يُقْرَضُ اللَّهَ قَرْضًا حَسَنًا فَيُضَاعِفَهُ Who is the one who is ready to give a good loan to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? He doesn't say give it to me without expecting to pay back to you. He says, no, give to me and I will give it back to you with extra, with addition. Not only he saves it for you, but he also grows what you give him. مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ أَنْوَالَهُمْ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ كَمَثَلَ حَبَّ أَنْبَتَتْ سَبْعَ سَنَابِلْ فِي كُلِّ سُنْبُلَةٍ مِئَةُ حَبَّةٍ you give one seed and you will receive 700 seeds and he may multiply even more. So to give so that it can be saved for the time that you are in greatest need. In the time that nothing can help you unless you have changed it into a currency which is used in that world. If you could keep your money in the worldly form, in Akhirah it would not benefit you. You have to transfer this money into your account in the Akhirah. And then you can use it there. But if you keep it in the account in this world, it cannot help you. If you have an account in a country and then travel to another country in which there is no connection, no bank relations, 
then your account in the second country is empty. You go to the bank and say, please give me some money. They say, your account is empty. You say, I have millions of dollars in my account back home. They say, that's useless. You need to be able to have something in this account or to transfer it before you come. If you want to transfer now, there is no connection. You have to transfer it in advance. So, zakat is very important to establish the prayer and to give alms as two principal actions. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَهُمْ بِالْآخِرَةِ هُمْ And in addition to these uh, actions, they have the quality of certainty, the quality of yaqeen. They have no doubt. Their faith is strong. They are sure about Akhirah. And it seems that there is also a connection the people who have yaqeen are the people who are able to say prayer and give alms wholeheartedly. If you have a little doubt, you would not be able to remember Allah all the time and to give alms. Shaitan would come and tell you, do you really believe that there would be heaven? Do you really believe that the charity that you give in dunya would be given back to you? And try to create lots of excuses clearly sometimes and sometimes maybe in an implicit way sometimes doesn't come directly and says you know don't give money because it is charity no for example says maybe you should give this opportunity to others also to give or maybe wait and then another important occasion arises which would be more useful Many different things can be said by shaitan, by our lower soul. But if we have certainty, we would do it. And when you do it, you become even more certain. There is a close connection. When you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you give alms, you become more certain. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Worship your Lord until the certainty comes to you. You become sure and confident. If I just study, if just read, reflect, ask theoretical inquiries, I will never become certain. I have to study, I have to ask, I have to think, I have to learn, but also I have to practice what I learn. Otherwise I never become hundred percent sure. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, These are the people who have guidance from the Lord. And this is additional guidance so one form of guidance is given to everyone free of charge 
All people can benefit from the guidance that Allah has sent in the form of, for example, Quran. But then those who listen and follow and respond, they would have more guidance, additional guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why in Salat, in Surah Al-Hamd, we always ask, Ehlina Surat Al-Mustaqim. Because you can always receive more or you can always lose. So this is not one thing that either you have it or you don't have it. It is a process that you may have or you may have not. And when you have, you may have different degrees. So it's not a matter of zero and one. Either you have it or you don't have it. And then when you have it, it has lots of degrees and ranks. These are the people who have guidance from the Lord. And these are the people who have falah, who have happiness, who have salvation. These are the people who are winners in their life. These are the people who, at, who have achieved what they wanted. So, this is a very beautiful beginning for Surah Luqman. And inshallah we will follow our discussion about the rest of Surah Luqman. Now let me answer the questions that we have received. One of the questions is, if we pray Namaz Jum'ah, do ladies have to pray Namaz Zohr? And for the Jum'ah course, do we have to do Wuzu for Namaz? Among our great ulama, among our marajah, there are different views about Salatul Jum'ah in the age of occultation. In a time like us, in which the Ma'asum is not present. Some marajah say that we must still perform it. So, whenever there is a number of people who can perform Jum'ah and they have the conditions, they should perform it. And as long as they can perform Jum'ah, they cannot perform Zuhr. This is one view, which is minority. The other view is that you have choice to perform Jum'ah or Zuhr. But if you perform Jum'ah, is enough. If you perform Zuhr, is enough. You have choice. So it is wajib takhiri. It's obligatory, but not decisively. It's obligatory, but at the same time, you have the choice. And some say that you should do Jum'ah, but with the intention of Raja. In other words, you have to do Jum'ah, if you like, but you have to do Zohr as well. For the sake of ihtiyat. Because they are not sure whether this Jum'ah by itself would be sufficient in the time of Qayba. So, it's good to do Jum'ah, but not so clear for them that then you don't need to do Zuhr. So, it depends on your marja. You have to check with the Rasada or the, you know representative or website of your marja to find out which is the view of your marja. <coughs> but my idea is that if you want to be on the safe side, not to lose the reward of Jum'ah, 
not to lose the reward of coming together with the whole community and at the same time to consider the most radical fatwas that may say that Jum'a may not be enough my idea is that go and perform your Jum'a and also say the prayer of Zohr so in this way you are not losing anything you have all the good things together the other question is about uh, ladies here in this regard ladies or men make no difference and about Ghusl Jum'ah Ayatollah Sistani has the idea that Ghusl Jum'ah is enough for namaz but for example Imam Khomeini uh, believed that all mustahab Ghusl would not uh, suffice uh, wudu so you have to check your marja some marja may accept some may not accept there is a comment about condemnation of usury and this is very important you know usury is quite opposite to charity people can make money can make profits and this is good this is good as long as it is done in a legitimate way and the money is also spent for legitimate causes okay we don't have problem and this is halal and this is uh, if it is done for the sake of earning halal and spending on your family and the people on, who depend on you or you want to do good things it becomes a worship so it's very important but usually is not just making profit or money usually is making interest charging people with interest when they are in need a person who comes and asks you for loan and then you charge him extra is a needy person if he was not needy he would not have come to you a person who comes and buys something from you a client a customer he may be as rich as you or even richer than you he needs you to sell him this good or give him this service but he himself can make money from other ways so it's like equal treatment you are equal in level but in the case of usury normally what happens is that the needy people the poor people are asked to pay extra so it makes them even worse so it's quite opposite to charity charity is that the people who can afford should help the poor people usually is that the people who are able and can afford they want to take from the poor people so you understand why in Islam usually is so much condemned and is considered as a fight against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala another question is about the similarity between Surah Baqarah and Surah Luqman which I think we explained last week and to some extent today the other question is about the benefits of Surah Luqman all the surahs of the Quran have great benefit they are increasing our understanding our light remembrance of Allah but in particular one of the things that we find about Surah Luqman is that it is good for our protection according to some hadith Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appoints 30 angels 
to give us protection and support us for example if you recite it during the day or if you recite it during the night then it would have uh, impact for you and it would help you to be saved and as much as we can we should you know try to recite this surah and inshallah we will be protected of course this doesn't mean that uh, you should just recite this surah and then don't worry about your safety and you know it means that you do your best but there are many things that you cannot even predict and Allah would protect you the hadith if you want is in tafsir nur al-saqalain which says that if you recite surah luqman in the night 30 angels would protect you during the night against shaitan and the army of shaitan and if you recite this during the day 30 angels would protect you uh, from shaitan and his army till sunset so it is very uh, inshallah useful and another merit of surah luqman is that luqman becomes your friend and companion on the day of judgment uh, we have a question whether Luqman was a prophet or not. Inshallah, we will talk about Luqman. Luqman was not a prophet. The evidence that we have doesn't show that he was a prophet. But he was a wise person. Quran confirms that he was given wisdom. He was a person who is praised, who is valued, but not necessarily a prophet. And then the other question is, about some people have natural sense of making money and to do that one has to pay a lot of attention to the into their business yeah to to love to make success in business is good by itself is not bad we have to educate it we have to direct it if you want to make lots of money if you want to be the best businessman that's okay but just make sure that why you want to make money what are the things that you are going to do with that money so be the most successful people in your business, generate lots of in, uh, wealth and income, but try to make your intention pure and for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It seems that we have answered all the questions. Inshallah, we hope to have our next session, inshallah, after two weeks. May Allah be with you. May Allah give you in this day of Eid all the requests that you have in the best way that suits you. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen.